0: i'm recording i'm recording cool so um hey there this is imperfect i'm kara bartek and i'm rebecca nisco and each week we speak with an emerging art (laughs) 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 and each week we speak with emerging artists about their influences creative
1: habits and upcoming projects today we are joined by hannah brewerton She is an animator based in London um, and released her multi-award-winning film, Hit and Run, um, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic um, in in July. Um, And we were really excited to have her on. I was really fortunate to work with her
0: as the composer on her film. We hope you enjoy Hey Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Could you start by introducing yourself?
2: Okay. Hello, I'm Hannah, and I'm based in London, in Newham, in East London. And I'm an animator and film filmmaker.
0: We're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, yeah. We noticed that you work across so many different mediums. So we were really curious about what your favorite medium is to work in, um, and what your different experiences have been like working across, like it seems to be like digital and uh, also on celluloid or film and yeah. Um, I think
2: probably my favorite is is just drawing on paper with pencil, even just sometimes directly on on one one piece of paper. So rubbing out each frame. So just working straight ahead like that without any planning or I find that really uh, therapeutic almost kind of relaxes me especially if I've been working digitally for a long period of time which tends to happen I think at the moment Mm -hmm. especially being being remote and working for studios and things it's nice to just work on paper with a pencil.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. I've I've done like small animations. That was more stop motion, but I have never really actually thought about doing it on the same piece of paper. That's really cool, actually. Do you do you take photos of it or
2: you set up your camera so it's shooting down and you put? Mm-hmm. It's useful if you have a peg bar, but you don't really need one. Oh, cool, um, mm-hmm. and you just draw draw a picture, and uh, you can tape it down if you haven't got a, a peg bar. <laughs> and then shoot it and then rub it out and then and shoot the next picture you you can kind of see the well it depends you can use uh, different programs but you can see the drawing that you've done before so it's mm-hmm. it's not so difficult to work out what what you're doing
0: could you tell us a little bit about your short film hit and run
2: it takes place in a stadium this these two teams one of the teams is sort of organized and united and the other team is kind of not very good and the more sort of organized polished team is cheating and then there's this approaching al- it's supposed to be an albatross but everybody thinks it's a seagull which <laughs> I mean is <laughs> it's not so uh, far from the truth um yeah this this bird is approaching from across the ocean and across the UK and then arrives in in London and uh, inside the stadium, so you have this, this meeting of these, the, these two worlds, I suppose, in the arena where the, these people are playing. Mm-hmm. And then there is the, the public who are represented by it's like paint, painted thumbprints. Yeah, they, they're sort of watching this game, but they, 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 and really because they haven't really got another choice, they have to sort of stay oh, there okay. and, and watch it um yeah that's
0: what happens (laughs) so it's a a wonderful film i encourage i don't know is it available yet uh no it's uh it's not online but
2: um i mean i'd happily send anybody a link if they wanted to see it
1: amazing i was just gonna veer into writing and just how she comes up with the stories and um so like what your process is like do you start with a character or with a story or something else really all together
2: so for this for this most recent film Hit and Run I I had kind of a not very straightforward start to the projects and I knew I had to make this film and I had an idea about what I wanted it to be about I was really distracted by what was going on in the UK at the time and I couldn't focus much so I started just doing animation on paper under the rostrum and built up a few different tests and things like that and then I still couldn't think of a way of putting everything together. So I started writing. I wrote so many scripts for this film that doesn't have any dialogue <laughs> at all. But it was really useful to get all the ideas out and help me understand what, was, what I wanted to talk about, what the main message was that I was interested in. And then eventually, I think, I guess, this whole tone of the writing was kind of similar, even though the scripts were all really different. The tone was really similar, and that is this kind of satire genre, I suppose, that, I've, that, I, that I ended up with in the film. And then it just took like an image in my head to have this sort of film come out after that. So well, it was all sort of,
0: it wasn't very straightforward, basically. This <laughs> process. What was that one image that you finally latched onto that helped you kind of bridge the gap from, say, like a development of an idea to fleshing it out more? I've been
2: watching a lot of interviews. At the time, there was a, a election campaign going on in the UK, and I, am somebody who watches a lot of politics shows mm-hmm. and things, and I had been listening to these interviews and getting really frustrated because there was no base for dialogue. They weren't talking about policies. Mm-hmm. There was no, no, no. The um, the conservative politicians were were just using slogans to. To sort of derail any kind of interview Mm -hmm. situation so you couldn't Mm -hmm. you couldn't understand anything from the from the interview except from these three words get it done get brexit done okay yeah and um so it was almost like the question the interviewers kept throwing these questions at these people at these politicians Mm -hmm. and they were just batting them away with this slogan so so then i think oh yeah okay we've seen this before as well it it, we saw it last year or whenever it was in the states
0: yep (laughs) everything you're saying i'm like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah yeah
2: so yeah so then it sort of made sense that instead of having a cricket bat it would be Mm -hmm. a, a baseball bat so yeah that was the image that sort of came into my head after watching a series of just really infuriating interviews
0: I told Rebecca this when I saw the film, but I absolutely loved the metaphor that you set up. We both did, I think. I'm <laughs> speaking for Rebecca yeah. now. But <laughs> working on it with you, I, I, you
1: know, during COVID was a really unique experience. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I say that in the best way possible. It, you know, taught me so much working with you. But what was your experience working on it when COVID just hit? You were kind of in the middle of it. So, how did it affect your process? So uh, we as you were saying
2: earlier we we saw each other maybe tw- once we had a face to face meeting before yeah. cuz uh, Rebecca was composing the music the score for the for the film and i mean i've i i didn't have any experience working with musicians or sound designers or anything so i didn't have any i love the vocabulary i needed and then we couldn't even meet in person so it was quite hard to i don't know express things without knowing anything <laughs> without knowing what I was talking about basically um but you somehow understood what, what I wanted and and made the, the this fantastic score so yeah I think seeing seeing you not being able to see you not being able to see Al who's a sound designer
1: he did a fantastic job
2: also oh for gosh. you guys not not being able to be, I feel like you would have maybe it would have been good for to get you two together as well I guess you're both you both have a similar role or um, knowledge base. So that was quite difficult. And then, I, I mean, in terms of lockdown, for me, it, was, it wasn't so bad because the, the film was digital. So I it wasn't like a stop motion film. I didn't need a lot of space for that. So it was fine working at home. But the first, I mean, the world was collapsing and it suddenly seemed extremely pointless <laughs> to be making a film and i didn't yeah i didn't for for about 2 months i didn't do anything because i mean i was just watching the news all the time i don't know i, was, I think like everybody else we were yeah. sort of shocked and scared and
0: yeah.
2: feeling a mix of things that we didn't expect to be feeling <laughs> at that time but then when they sort of told us you have to <laughs> you have to do something because you have an exam i started working again but obviously lost so much time that i I then didn't have any time to think about it, really. So we're just working 14 hours a day. In the summer as
0: well. No. A, like... Oh, God. After you've had that break for a while, just to like get back into that 14-hour, gotta grind, gotta get it done is really... I empathize with you. <laughs> it's, like, it's not easy. <laughs> on top of everything else that was going on, I, I'd be curious to know how how far along in the film were you when everything kind of came to a standstill, then what were the, were there like major changes that happened just because of your time crunch that affected the final film? I
2: mean, there were things that I would have, yeah, I would have gone back and fixed and it's kind of hard to know if how it would have been if, if I hadn't been in that situation. But right, right. I, I mean, there weren't really any huge changes, but I, I hadn't, I had an animatic, I think, and I I maybe started animating. I'd done like one or two shots, but yeah, it was quite early on in production because I had this really long sort of development process. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I didn't, I mean, it didn't change that much. Maybe, yeah, even in terms of the characters, because obviously, you know, politics, it was a topical film. Right, right, right. Things change quickly in politics. And so maybe I would have had it just turned out that the the characters i had were characters that well so the the characters are based on real people right and the people who are now more relevant are also in the film just because i i i chose them they i don't know they were they seemed to me to be quite prominent during the campaign right as well so um so i didn't have to change it really much i think i could have changed it but yeah it was kind of a rush at the end so, <laughs> so I just needed to get is, it done yeah. As a... <laughs>
0: yeah I am so there's like a particularly I think where your climax of the film happens with the the visualization of I don't want to I don't want to give it away so that's why I'm trying to think oh, about yeah I, I mean you can... I think it's what's okay. it gonna happen from the beginning <laughs> um but I just I love that moment when the Bat, is it the batter of the ball that connects with the the, br- the ball? It, I think it's. I t- I, t- I watched it and I immediately was like Rebecca, that is the most accurate feeling of what it feels <laughs> like when you're, you feel like blindsided, even if you are paying attention or even if you are just starting to like become aware. Like I would imagine that if I'd seen this film as an eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old, I would have still felt the way I felt about it now. Or like I just that, that that's how you feel when it, like there's that connection and suddenly you just feel like. Well, politics aren't for you as a person and like the people it's more for the people in the game which i think is really well portrayed in the at least that's my opinion
2: so. i'm really glad that that came across like that was the initial that's what i wanted from that point is that that feeling of the next day and the numbness that you feel after everything because it is exhausting being a, being a spectator of this uh, of, a, of any of a political campaign mm-hmm. and um the day after I mean I think if you're if you're a a voter on the left as well there aren't many occasions where you're you're really celebrating the day after
0: yeah Uh, at least (laughs) in the UK yeah I I really I want to like go back a little bit about the spectators being your thumbprint you said I think that's so cool I and I just I sense like like identity is a big part of like the themes that you operate in and the thumbprint is obviously a very big like indicator of identity so i don't know could you talk about that a little bit more like elaborate on that like well so
2: identity politics was part of the oh about of, campaign I was thinking, yeah uh. um thinking about during my sort of research and um and initially the the audience were just like little blobs of paint i think it was paint yeah and then actually it was a, one of my tutors, Dan Saw, he thought that they were thumbprints. <laughs> like, oh, that's a really good idea, thumbprints. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I didn't want it to, because I guess you could interpret that as um, just sort of digits, just having mm-hmm. numbers, mm-hmm. I guess, like. The, the public had just numbers.
0: Well, definitely in that stadium. I mean, there's like a thousand of them. How many? <laughs> like there were so many, it was, but it was very cool texture. But
2: I didn't, wanna, I didn't want them to have no agency at all. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to have. So in the end, there is some sort of limited degree of agency that they, that some of them use, but yeah, that was part of it. I just thought, you know, we have to what can we do we you do feel so without agency especially when you you get so involved in a campaign and then you vote and you can you sort of knock on people's doors and then the next day it's worse than you could have imagined (laughs) and what yeah you just feel like what can you do I don't know
0: you can make art. You can make very effective art. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it to be
2: that depressing. So. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't believe that we are completely without agency. That's not what I believe at all, but yeah, just limited. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I think especially as a creator, it's, it's hard when you're like observing the world and you feel so much passion for something and everybody else probably also has some degree of passion, but you don't see it necessarily. And then it's reflected it back at these like numbers and stuff. So I definitely but I think it was effective are you are
1: you interested in social commentary and is that a part of your artistic vision
2: yeah definitely I
1: am and I am
2: kind of struggling to understand at the moment how animation can work with with topical I mean it works with social commentary but I really like satire and for political satire to work it has to be quite fast it has to be made quickly and I'm trying to work out at the moment how if there's a place for animation in that kind of space I, I don't know I think there have been really successful live action series satire series and uh, and even animated ones as well there was one in the, ni- in the early 2000s but it wasn't really successful that's not because it was because of the funding situation i think more than anything but there was one in the early 2000s an animated sketch show which was i mean some of it was better than other bits but it it was quite a nice use of animation with satire but that's the last time i think anything has been made in the uk and i just wonder if it can be made there's a there's a guy in italy who makes stuff an animator he's a he was like a cartoonist and he's also done animation and he works really fast <laughs> so I mean yeah I'm sure it can be done but just trying to work out if I can do it I suppose. I do keep coming back to satire and social commentary in my ideas and things that I'd want to do for personal projects so hopefully I'll be able to work out way of doing it really quickly
0: fingers crossed i think that'd be so cool i definitely would love to see more since you were a director and an animator but you worked with other animators on hit and run what is sort of the difference being a director and an animator versus just being an animator or working with other people as fellow animators what's that how was that experience for you
2: um well again it was quite hard because i couldn't be in the same space um as them so i mean normally i would be able to just sort of reach over and say i don't know use this brush or this Mm -hmm. yeah but i was really like the people who helped me on on this film were all really talented and really enthusiastic and just great so i mean it was pretty it was pretty plain sailing in terms of working with others but it it is there's like a tension there between like (laughs) please can you make this scene in exactly the way I would make it but you can't, <laughs> I can't say that or even better actually it'd be even better can you make this in a way that I couldn't make it I don't know it's hard um to to sort of relinquish uh, responsibility from from bits of it but also I mean everybody did such a great job I was really lucky
0: do you, do you think you would prefer to be a director of animation or do the double director animator writer producer or I've been
2: thinking about this recently actually I I don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. because part of me just wants to make really not not at all commercial weird hand-drawn animation on paper yeah <laughs> just, for, just because I like doing that Um and so maybe I should be producer or director instead but I think most directors also animate the mm-hmm. parts of, of the work that they direct, but I don't know. I I at the moment I'm just happy to work to be a yeah. but, right,
0: um,
2: right, right. but yeah, I'm also teaching so, and I and so anything that can fit around that I think is 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 a good
0: is a good thing. Do you teach animation or do you teach something else? Yeah, teach uh at Bath Spa University. Oh, very cool, very nice. I wish I was better at animating. <laughs> I do so much with I'm like mostly self-taught because of the pandemic and I was at home and I was like, well, what what do I do? <laughs> uh, as a filmmaker, what do you do uh, in your in your room that you grew up in? But um
2: I think a lot of um, animators get into animation through that just sort of making stuff at home. Mm-hmm. That's how I did. That's how lots of people. I mean, I never studied I studied animation for the first time at RCA so oh,
0: okay yeah yeah how long have you been animating for
2: I guess I mean I tried to to be an act to teach myself like the basics of animation before 2018 when I started the MA I, I think probably 2016 mm-hmm. I, I started renting a studio and trying to learn sort of basics but I was working full-time as well so I wasn't spending a huge amount of time there um mm-hmm. but yes I guess 2016 I started thinking okay yeah maybe mm-hmm. this is what I want to do but
0: what led to that what led to like was it just like self-discovery and just wanted to tell stories yourself or was there an outside
2: uh well before I from, went during my BA I did um I, I was making um like sort of installations with li- lights and oh, shadows so, cool. so like, oh very cool yeah yeah and with narrative with like a voiceover <laughs> narrative and sound effects
1: kind of like puppet shows basically.
0: yeah no that's awesome Rebecca I can tell you that's like up my alley too I, <laughs> I love that kind of stuff it, cool it,
1: it very much is yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you also I mean you have this background in theater and you also mentioned earlier in our conversation that you spent time in Italy and so how did this all you know form into animation I guess how you know how did it tunnel into that well I think I knew when I finished my I finished my BA in 2010 and I knew
2: I I think I sort of knew I wanted to do animation then but I wasn't at all in a rush and I I the thing I wanted to do most was go and live in Italy and learn to speak Italian and so that's what I did and when I was there I I did a short course, a stop motion course with a stop motion animator who worked for the the like national TV there, and because I, I always thought that stop motion, I I would want to do stop motion, and I did really enjoy that course, but it was only three days. Um, but I don't know, it was it seemed so out of reach because you have to have, I know you don't need all of that stuff, but to make puppets and things, it's, you mm-hmm. you know you can. It seemed a bit too out of reach for me at that time. And then when I moved back to the UK, I think in around 2015, I started emailing. I was teaching and like working and um, I sort of wanted to give myself time to to. get bored of the idea of animation and and move on to something else just in case that's what was going to happen but I didn't it got to the point where I just really needed to do to learn how to do it because I was so Mm -hmm. frustrated with not not being able to so I started emailing studios in London and being like can I come and speak to you I need to get some advice I don't know what I'm doing how can I learn how to do this and nobody replied except from one studio which was really close to where I lived they were called Catfish Collective they do like paper cutout animation
0: I love it I already love it I'm there I already am like yes please <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, and they were like yes come around and so I went and visited them and I took them some cake I made them cake which is <laughs> <fun>.
0: that's awesome
2: <laughs> and they told me to they told me to buy like a, a light box and mm-hmm. uh, a and they told me to do like a Walk, cycle, and do, and get some animation paper and get a peg bar and and then I was like in my head I was thinking like um, I was cycling home and at the time I I I was like either just come off uh, job seekers or like I I was trying to find work because we'd just moved back and didn't really have any money. I was like in my head I was trying to work out how I was going to afford all of this stuff. They told me that I had to buy. Uh, and then I got home and I had a tax rebate of 400 pounds so it was meant amazing
0: to be. <laughs> amazing Absolutely. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how things like that happen <laughs> I love that I'm always really curious to see how people like end up you know how they find sort of their path towards what they're currently doing so it sounds like there are a lot of moving pieces but it was all always like pushing you in this direction which is like really cool you can always like
2: think oh because I wish I had done like a I wish I'd known when I was 16 I wanted (laughs) to do this sometimes I think that because I see especially on my MA I saw people who I met uh, my classmates who who had been animating for years and they were amazing (laughs) oh why didn't I do or like some of them were just so young and I was like oh I hate you (laughs) um but then yeah I think I probably would have given up by now if I if I'd started it sooner I wouldn't have known how much I needed it I guess maybe I don't know
1: but also I mean the way that you got to where you are I mean that's definitely worth something I mean it brings gives you such a unique something unique to the table um through all of your experience I'm interested in uh hearing your answer about cuz I I love to collaborate with people. Like that's one of my favorite parts of being a composer. But some people love to, you know, work by themselves and work independently and that's also completely valid. So are do you find that you're one of one or the other or you know, do you like collaborative experiences or do you find that you're you you like independent work more?
2: No, I definitely need to collaborate as much as possible <laughs> I think yeah. yeah um yeah I I need that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's one of the things that I think is I mean I've had pretty I've been really lucky this past year I haven't given the, what's happened in the world I've been pretty pretty lucky but that's the that's the thing that's been hardest I think is not being able to work near people or even or or with other people uh in the same yeah. way as you could do before
1: it's definitely changed our idea of collaboration for sure and what what exactly is possible because i don't think anyone would have you know held so many creative meetings over zoom as they do now and now, you know even after the botanical garden <laughs> <laughs> the botanical garden <laughs> um even after the pandemic i mean it it's completely shaped how we're going to continue to do work i think um so there's definitely positives like
2: yeah um i was contacted by um sarah schmidt who does the malt adult in in the in the states and um she they they put my film in 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 one of their programs and um (gasps) um and we had this kind of chat and and uh like there was like a i I couldn't do the night one because it was like four o'clock in the morning but they did like a a coffee time for them which was the evening here and we had i was able to sort of talk to these people in the states and 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 at all the festivals which i mean they're all online which is a little bit heartbreaking because Mm -hmm. uh i mean i can't go to them but i can watch work that I would never be able to see otherwise because Mm -hmm. it's all online and yeah so building meeting those people uh in the states and and being able to see all of this stuff has been amazing I mean it makes me think oh yes I can't wait till I can go and meet these people in in real life but I suppose yeah who knows how much of that we'll actually do when we
1: can right do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on at the moment Yeah, I was, well, I am trying to do this.
2: It's kind of a satire sketch. Uh, It needs to be released by June. So I don't know if I can't get it done by June, I guess it it won't be done. So I'm trying to race against the clock and get this little sketch done. It's just for like reminding people to be nice to hospitality workers when the pubs reopen and Boris Johnson's in it
0: can't wait <laughs> that sounds so great
2: <laughs> um and then what else am I doing at the moment I've just finished a commission oh, cool. well it's not actually finished it needs to be finished soon hopefully I'll be finished by the time this goes out on your, on your podcast
0: I love animation I love everything about it I think it's such a I, I I went to film school so I was like oh no I have to be like a film <laughs> like artist but all my favorite shows have always been cartoons and a lot of my favorite movies have always been animated so I I was very much like I had a kind of an interesting like way into it so then I just I mean I did the way that I did it and here we are but
2: that's another thing I wish I'd done was film school but I actually tried to go to NYU for a for a semester is that what Mm -hmm. it's called Mm -hmm. Uh, and I got in but then they canceled the exchange for that year oh no (laughs) they they said I could go to Miami but yeah, I,
0: uh, I didn't. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't wanna no shade on Miami, but I, I feel like it's not a comparison to New York City when you're like getting p- preparing for feeling. New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you can hopefully you'll have an opportunity to come to New York City not so far away. Uh and yeah, I mean, if you want to.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love I love the States.
0: Have you have you traveled a lot in the States or just
2: no, I've only been to New England and, and New oh,
0: York. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. I, I really loved it. Boston. Don't be cool. sorry.
0: New England <laughs> is very beautiful. Sometimes, you <laughs> no, it, it really is. It really is. But you know what it's like when you're from somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I think it was amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I New York is have... just
2: one of my favorite cities. I think it's insane. It's a.
0: It is. I yeah. It it's a crazy. I think I know I love it because I hate it so much but I also really love it you know what I mean <laughs> I'm so, sometimes I'm just like why am I here but then I wouldn't be so upset that I'm there you know what I'm saying like, I feel like if you really unless there's like a true apathy I think if you're feeling an intense emotion you probably do really like
2: it yeah I guess it's similar to London <laughs> yeah, in that way but the weather is worse in New York I'd
1: say
0: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it's colder and hotter yes that's true
1: it's very true. It's the worst of both worlds. It gets the coldest in the city, and then the hottest in the city when it's hot. It's
0: oh yeah, fresh garbage water in the summer. <laughs> Odor, you know, <laughs> like. Um, I, I this question kind of changes gears, but we've talked a little bit about like satire and about your narrative piece, and I know you did a documentary before. It was called Bittersweet, right? Um, what do you feel like they're merged do you feel like there's a large difference between documentary animation like or in narrative or did you find that it was very similar process wise or process
2: no that so the process was totally different with the with the documentary but I mean that was the first thing I ever made so that and mm-hmm. it was terrible <laughs> um but yeah I started with with interviews for that with these women that who yeah. were who were brilliant but uh yeah That film will never be shown anywhere. (laughs) 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 Um, But in terms of crossovers, yeah. So, this film, this hit and run, has been shown at Documentary Festival. Uh, I think that was the first festival it went to as a documentary festival. Um, But I think that happens a lot with satire because Mm -hmm. it's not a documentary, but it kind of it's like a creative non fiction a few there was a another film called "Brexecuted" which mm-hmm. was uh, by Chris Shepherd who um made it's a, it's a satire and an animated satire and that also i believe went to festivals as a documentary which is kind of interesting if you think about all of the rules surrounding uh, documentary filmmaking and how rigid they are and how protected they are and um and then somebody can make something completely ridiculous like with politicians playing baseball um and that's now classed as documentary by some people <laughs> it's quite funny um but not i said so like it, a few of the things in the film were did actually happen in a different context like boris johnson did hide in the fridge um, <laughs> during <you> no, <know, laughs> as ridiculous as it seems uh, during his campaign but it wasn't in a stadium and he wasn't a cartoon character etc right, I don't know right. it's a there's definitely crossovers and they're, mm-hmm. they're quite fun to to exploit I really like mockumentary stuff as well especially oh, I mean, brother, animated yeah. mockumentary
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes oh yeah. my god yeah I have that on doc now oh my god that's so great yeah I definitely can see what you mean like there's this this weird like in between almost, space that that animation can fill. And I think it's really interesting because it, it furthers animation and that, for me, it's not just for kids. You know, that documentary and satire is definitely geared towards a general audience or adult audience, which is not... I think I think for a long time, animation probably had to like fight against that and it wasn't just seen as a form to sell kids candy, you know? <laughs> and I definitely don't feel that when I watch yours. I definitely am like, this is a very engaging story with very smart commentary and it's getting me to think about the situation that it is commenting on or or ex- exploring. So that's so interesting. I never I never Is really it think it's about, like, like documentary.
1: It's interesting to like have it in that perspective that there's so closely re- they could be so closely related to each other. And what does that say about the genre of documentary that it it is so can be so closely related to satire? I mean, what does that say about that, you know? So that's an interesting perspective. And anime documentary.
2: Yeah, yeah, animated documentaries. Would really. you? It can. It works in different ways. I suppose it can add something kind of emotive level. Mm-hmm. I guess. But I think yeah, with satire, that, that's what that's what it has done for since since I don't know time began. It's like <laughs> make people tries. It tries to make people right. think about what's happening and 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 criticize it. I suppose or sc- or at least scrutinize what mm-hmm. they're seeing or, or even just laugh at it because at least you're not at least just sort of aware of it then even if you're just laughing at it Absolutely. there's some really good ancient satire like drawings or illustrations which are you know quite risky considering in those days you could get your head chopped off for being a satirist.
0: where are, they, are you talking like ancient sorry are you talking about like ancient greek or even older. Well, yeah, great, oh, so great. Cool. I think
2: I guess that's where it started. I don't know, but I mean, it's probably been around since we. Forever. Since, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, people have been quite brave with
0: their satire in the past. Yes. Absolutely for sure. Artists are brave. <laughs> that's the that's our like a little finite point. Artists are brave. <laughs> Artists are brave. But they brave are. And... I am making I'm making fun of it,
1: but No, but you know, but no, but speaking of being brave and, and courage, um what advice would you give to an emerging artist who is cautious or scared to share their work? Because I know when I was saying was I know when it comes to putting my music out there when I was starting out, it was really, it was, I was just hesitant about it because sharing your art is such a vulnerable experience. And um, when I go to your Instagram, I just love seeing all, you know, your art just shared like that. And so I was just wondering, yeah, what your advice was to those who are cautious about sharing art.
2: Yeah. I mean, I found it really, really hard as well. Even like my personal tutor at the RCA, I I wouldn't send her anything because... I just didn't want her to see it, Um, I was really, really, I found that really difficult, actually, um, for the whole process of making that film, like sharing, because, I don't know, you just don't have the confidence, I suppose, or some people don't, and, um, but now I do feel differently about it, I think, because the more you show people, the easier it is to, sh- to show people. And it's so important to show people your work because uh, you, you won't, you know, you won't get feedback, you won't improve if you don't show people. And you, you even, even show, so a part of, um, because we were, when we were making the work, when we were making the films, the grad films, the studio is shut. So we, at some point in March, we, we weren't able to sh- share our work with the people sitting next Mm -hmm. to us which felt much more comfortable and easy and also those people were animators they're they're making films at the same time so it all became oh I'd have to send this file to this person and then Mm -hmm. I won't be able to see their reaction and I won't be able to know if it's a load of shite basically and um, and then uh, I sort of couldn't face sending my these files to my tutor and and not being able to read her reaction or so I I started sharing them with like my friends who or my partner who was around me who has no experience or no interest really in filmmaking or animation (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh, and that was really useful too so getting getting the perspective of anybody really is 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 going to be valuable for you and it doesn't really matter if somebody says that it's not very good because you know hopefully that will help you in, help you improve as well but I, I mean it is really hard and Instagram is kind of good because it's you know it sort of gives you a bit of confidence but it's uh, also I don't know I haven't really been using it much recently because i'm just lazy and then you you sort of feel bad that you're not doing anything and (laughs) even though you are doing something but you're just not yeah so i don't know instagram is a good way of, if you're in a position where you can share quite regularly it can be great but otherwise it can also be quite dangerous i think for your (laughs) self-esteem but yeah i know it's hard it's hard but you have to do it that's what that's what my advice is
1: (laughs) just do it not sponsored by nike
0: but just do it yeah get it done yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's like the hardest hurdle for sure i mean i felt that way too and it's just a matter of like i don't know if it's like a thing of discipline or just like like you know grin and bearing it and just doing yeah yeah just doing it i
2: think you you know ask people who you respect as well for for Mm -hmm. your work i sent it to Political cartoonist who works for the Guardian, the mm-hmm. newspaper in the UK. Oh, wow. Um, and that was really good because he was. I mean, I don't know how genuine he was being, but he was really his. His feedback was in was sort of interesting because he has this experience in his career and and you know I re- I really respect him as a as a cartoonist and and a satirist as well. So hearing. I think choosing who you ask for feedback as well is really important, and ask people who you know because he's not. I'm never going to meet this guy, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter if he if, if he replies or not. Or so, yeah, you've got nothing to lose in, in most most cases. I think
0: I like that advice. I like that advice too. Like, just really have to just assume. You know, the worst is that they just don't reply, right? that's that's really great advice i think there's a lot of opportunity that you might even miss out on if you didn't even try to connect with someone and ask them for a favor yeah
1: shoot for the moon even if you miss you'll (laughs) land amongst the stars rebecca's cheesy quote input of the day (laughs) yeah no that's great advice i think we basically hit upon everything this was really really really
0: great i i've Rebecca and I have just been so, so genuinely excited and for this whole project, but also to get to talk to you. And so thank you for almost being a guinea pig of sorts. No, Um, No, it's been really nice.
2: I mean, it's it's nice just anybody asking you about your work. (laughs) It's it's really (laughs) nice. Don't normally get to talk about it, especially not at the moment. But yeah, thanks. Thanks to you guys. I was Hannah Broughton and uh, you can find... Me and my work at, um, I think my Instagram handle is at Annabrew Ritten and my Twitter is at Anna Brew. and there's links to my Vimeo there as well.
0: Perfect. And we'll have all of those in the posts about you too. So we'll have all of that stuff linked in the description, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well,
2: and if I- anyone wants to see the film, just send me an email and I'll send you a link. Great. Well, yeah. it's really lovely to speak to you both. Yeah, thank, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank and, it's nice to uh, reach you too Anna. yeah yeah can't wait to hear what what's next
1: thank you so much for tuning in to our discussion with hannah
0: all of the artist's information will be linked but you can again you can find hannah on her social uh, at hannah brewerton and at hannah brew and all of her uh reel is linked on her twitter and her instagram you can follow me at at quiet open space all one word on instagram and you can follow me at rebecca
1: nisco music and for more information about our podcast you can follow us at the podcast imperfect on instagram
0: if you're an artist and would like to be featured on the show because you think it is so awesome <laughs> you can always send us a email at thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com thanks so nice much day, for oh.
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs>